listening to the Section Five podcast. Welcome back to the Section 5 Podcast, Season 2. Uh, we're here with Episode 2 of Season 2, and uh, we have some Celtics basketball to talk about. So uh, the offseason is finally over, uh, and uh, we're here to talk a little bit about their first preseason game, uh, which gets wrapped up uh, about an hour, maybe an hour and a half uh, before we started recording this pod. Uh, the Celtics fell to the 76ers 108-99 to in Philadelphia. Who cares about the score, really? Uh, it's a preseason game. It doesn't matter if you win by 50 or lose by 50. We're going to talk more about the things that we saw. Uh, I'm here with Gary and Trey, uh, and uh, we're going to dive right into it and, uh, and talk a little bit about the game. Um, G, I wanted to, to pass it to you. Uh, the first thing you said when we jumped on pre-show was, it's one preseason game, and Brad's already annoying me. Yeah, he is. And, and you know, shout out to Adam. He only shows up for the playoffs in the regular season. He's, and the Adam, wins. Yeah, Adam's not a – in the wins. Adam's not a preseason guy. Um, yeah, Brad, you know, Danny's Danny's running the show, so, so Brad is not on the hot seat by any means. The organization loves Brad. Um, hopefully, more importantly, Tatum and Brown love Brad. But Brad is already irking me. And, and honestly, it started even before the game. When they announced the starting lineup, he mentioned that Javante Green was going to start tonight. But, you know, that could change depending on the, the opponent. You know, and I've been on the record on this podcast several times is that I wish Brad Stevens was more of a imposing his will on the game as opposed to, you know, playing chess and trying to make adjustments to what the other team's going to do. Like, two years ago or three years ago, starting semi Ojale in the playoffs against Milwaukee because Giannis is playing. Like, just just do what you do and and see who wins. You know, that's that's my preference. But Brad... And if Semi is your Giannis stopper, you're kind of in trouble anyway. Yeah, you, you lose in uh, five games. I think we won the first game and lost. We the did. Before. Yeah. That's what happens. Um Credit to Simi, though, the year before that, when we got to the Eastern Finals against LeBron, we did take out the Bucks, But that, that was a whole different Giannis. Right. Um, and so so that that uh, uh, trait of Stevens has always kind of been against the grain of what I like to see in basketball. Um, but then his rotations, I, I always find myself wondering where what happened to somebody during the game. Like, where's Jalen or... Why is it? Why haven't I seen Jason Tatum in the last eight minutes? Or, you know, those type of questions I'm I'm asking myself and yelling at the TV, and I'm wondering what the hell Brad is doing. And tonight, that person that I was looking for was Aaron Aaron Neesmith. Um, lottery pick. You know, you're already down Kemba. Gordon Hayward's gone. I saw, I believe it was Jay King tweet. You know, the lack of depth at the wing is apparent tonight. When all I heard for a whole year is that we had a glut of wings, a glut of wings, too many wings. We lose, we lose Gordon Hayward, and all of a sudden, there's a lack of wings. We just drafted Aaron Neesmith, 6'6", swing guy. You know, 6'6", uh, you can call him a shooting guard, but, you know, he's a swing. And no Kemba, no Tice, no Tristan Thompson. 
the first game in the preseason. You don't really have much of a training camp. There was no summer league. You got to get these guys out there. And I didn't see Aaron, Aaron Neesmith didn't play the entire first half, I don't think. So Brad was in midseason form, kind of annoying me today. But it's the preseason, so I know we're all going to be totally rational and nobody's going <laughs> to overreact. Right. And I want to preface this with it's the preseason, so this is not a big deal. But I'm with you. I was annoyed by Brad. And by no means am I saying he's not the guy, Brad Sox, fire him, whatever term you want to throw out there. I was just 100% in agreement with you on Smith. I thought he should have been one of the first guys off the bench. This guy was a lottery pick. He is, or at least his skill set is exactly what you were missing, which is a shooter and a, and a hopefully big time scorer off the bench. That's someone who, if this team is going to go anywhere, needs to be good right away. They had a chance to play him against top NBA talent and Brad didn't take it. Instead, we saw him out there in garbage time against the taxi squad and he did play pretty well. He, he showed like he's a rookie. He's going to make some mistakes, but he made some plays too. And I really think with um, having the abbreviated preseason and having an abbreviated camp and no summer league that he really needs the reps go and take your lumps. Like Semi Ojale is going to be the same guy, whether he plays in the first half of this preseason game or whether he doesn't. Neesmith can get better by playing in these minutes, and he didn't. Um, yeah, and, and also, you know, not, not looking too far ahead, um, the Celtics, you know, in terms of season tickets, the, the, the NBA broke the season up into two halves um, because they, they didn't want to look too far into the future in terms of scheduling games because of the impacts of COVID. I say that because we don't know if come the second half of the season or the playoffs, there's going to be any fans in attendance. And to me, that means that seeding is not going to be as important this year as it's been in the past. So we, we can't really worry about, you know, you know, I mean, a coach is going to do that, but I think our, our main goal for this season is whether we are the number one seed or the number eight seed, it's to get these young guys ready. And the only way we're going to do that is by playing them. And if you're not going to do it in the first preseason game, then especially with Kemba and some of the vets that may be out for a while, you know, I, I hope Brad takes the leash off a little bit as, as you know, we move, move through the season. Right. And Trey, I know you're always one to, to talk rotations. It's one of the biggest topics of discussion whenever we're in our, our group chat. So what do you think about tonight and the, and the rotations that you saw? So I definitely agree with you guys when it comes to Naismith. I don't think there's any really real excuse for why he didn't log a single minute in the first half. Um, you should at least got to be on the floor, you know, for a couple of minutes. Um, but I do want to play devil's advocate when it comes to the rotation up front. I mean, I mean, granted, it's preseason, so I do get where you guys are coming from. I want to see more of the young guys, and I do think we've seen enough Shemi to know <laughs> getting knocked down, you know, a consistent corner three. He can do that. He can play, you know, decent defense. He's good at those things. Uh, but we wanted to see more of Aaron Neesmith uh, during preseason in that first half. Uh, but just to play devil's advocate, I feel like Brad Stevens tends to go, he tends to lean towards seniority uh, when it comes to his rotations. First off, with starting Javante Green at shooting guard. Um, you know, he's really athletic. He fits, he fit in well with the starters. 
And then he goes with Shemi Ojale over Aaron Neesmith. Um, so just a guy that he feels like he can just bring off the bench. He brought him off the bench before he brought Neesmith off the bench. I feel as though for now that's acceptable, but as time goes on, we should see more and more of Aaron getting those minutes over Shemi. Yeah, that's kind of where I, I disagree with you. And it's not, it's just because this is the preseason. I wouldn't mind if this was like the first regular season game and we saw Ojale in before we saw Neesmith because it's a game that ultimately counts a game that you, you don't need to win because there's 72 of them, but um, you don't want to give away any games in a regular season. In the preseason, I don't care if you lose by 50. You got to play guys who are going to get better, uh, guys who are going to get something out of playing in those games, whether they're going to work off some rust or whether they're going to get to see NBA size, speed, strength for the first time, which some of these guys did. So I have more of an issue with it being in the preseason than I would with the kind of funky rotation happening in the regular season. Yeah, it's almost like the the third game of the NFL preseason is always like the dress rehearsal. Right. Um, And you have such a short, short um, off season that, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, I I know it's a tough position because you want to get these guys out there and get them some experience. But at the same time, you have to do what's best for the team and get the team ready when you're going to be starting the season in, um, you know, 10, you know, less than 10 days on, on Christmas. Um, I, I did though, I did like Javante green in the starting lineup. Um, Right off the rip, I thought he added something that we just don't have, which is just that athleticism that he can play above the rim. He's he's a good defender when he wants to be, and and he can shoot the three. You know, we don't we don't want him jacking a ton of threes, but but he they adds can more of, swinging it to him and him knocking that down. He adds more of the same of what the Jays give us. They, my only they issue is athleticism. That, yeah, my only issue was that Brad said, yeah, you know, but I don't know if this is what us. I'm going to do in the future. It depends on the opponent. I'm like, oh, okay, that that's where Brad kind of lost me, but I did actually like him starting Javante green. I thought it was a decent move. I did too. And my first thought with that is Javante might be fighting for a roster spot because there, you don't know what's going to happen with the bottom of this roster. And uh, I, th- my initial thought was maybe Brad's going to give him a, a, a shot to go out, earn a spot, maybe earn a spot in a rotation. If he's not fighting for a roster spot, um, and just have that chance to showcase um, and kind of uh, a good way to, to say, hey, you played hard last year. You know, we know that you're, you're doing the work. Uh, we want to give you a shot. Um, maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just overthinking it. But I was totally on board with Javante starting. Uh, I think that's the type of guy who can really benefit from playing in the preseason because he didn't play a ton last year. Um, you know, he played you know, more than some of the guys deeper down the bench. Um, but he uh, he still could definitely benefit from playing minutes at this level. Um, and speaking of the bench, uh, a couple of guys that we definitely got to bring up uh, who we saw for the first time in Celtic Green tonight, uh, Peyton Pritchard and Jeff Teague. Uh, those guys look like they are a pretty solid upgrade from what was coming off the bench last year. Um, who knows? Again, it's the first preseason game and Pritchard's a rookie. Carson Edwards looked great last year as a rookie in the preseason. So you take that for what it's worth. But uh, Teague came in, 
got what you expected out of him. He was a nice, he's a, he's a solid pro is I think the best way to put it with Jeff Teague. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we'll go, uh, we'll go the other way around this time. Uh, Trey, what did you think about uh, Pritchard and Teague? So I love what I saw from both Pritchard and Teague. Um, I, I pretty much was confident that Jeff Teague could still play. Um, so this is just more of what I knew he could do. I know he passes the ball well. He makes good reads. He takes good shots. Can knock down the three. Uh, so basically he showed that tonight. Uh, and it's good to see him doing it in a Celtics uniform and not in a Hawks uniform. Right. Uh, Peyton Pritchard. Love what I saw from Peyton Pritchard. Um, mainly his defense. How quickly he shuffles his feet. Um, I watched him and Tremont Waters on the floor at the same time. And I even see a difference between those two guards. As much as I like Waters, I feel as though Pritchard moves even quicker. Um, I like his handle. I think that's what immediately separates him from Carson Edwards um, is that he has handle. So it's, it's not tough for him to get to his spots and get his shot off. Uh, despite that fact that he's a couple of inches taller than, than Carson, you know, he can still get his shot off because he can create space to get to a shot um, better than Carson. He might have to pass it out, but he's, he's more likely to do that. Right. Yeah. And I was really impressed with Pritchard as well. Um, his handle is one of the things that really stuck out to me as well. Um, he, it just it looks tight like he's he's not careless with the ball at all uh, when he whether he's driving or whether he's bringing the ball up court uh, I guess I, I really like I, I don't think he's going to be the type of guy who, who's going to you know get into traffic and uh, and get the ball stripped a lot or uh, be careless with the ball uh, kind of the exact opposite of uh, of Trey Waters in that in situation my biggest criticism of him is is how careless he is with the ball uh, Pritchard just looked confident out there. He looked like he belonged uh, and he was making good decisions when he had a shot. He took it when he had a lane, he drove it when he didn't have anything. He found someone who did have something. Uh, so he, he really looked like a veteran out there despite being a rookie because he's played four years of college. So he's played a lot of ball at a high level. So really impressed with Pritchard pump the brakes a little bit because like I said, first game of the preseason and this could be, the only good game he ever has. We don't know. I don't think it'll be that, but uh, you know, let's be a little bit cautious there, but, uh, but very much a reason to be optimistic. And Jeff Teague, he is what he is. He played well tonight. He was seven for nine from the field. Really happy with what we saw there. That's what we expect from him. We need that scoring punch. I'd like him to move the ball a little better. He only had one assist in uh, almost 19 minutes. So we're going to need him to distribute a little more, but Again, preseason game one, he came in and he showed that he can still play in this league. He's not the all-star that he was, but he's he's a good, serviceable player who's going to make any team better, and uh, that's the type of guy that Celtics need. Um, gee, what do you think? Celtics bench looking good? Um, well, yes and no. Um, I think clearly I think our point guard situation is is better than it was last year, and I think it's going to start with, with Peyton Pritchard, you know, to me, like the word to describe him, man, he's just a hooper. Like he's just a baller. And we talked a little bit about this, like in our pre-production, if you'll call it meeting. And 
I think for me, if you're like me, I think for many Celtics fans, there was a progression in my reaction to the Peyton Pritchard draft pick. It was like, you know, kind of amped off of Naismith. And then it's like, okay, who are we going to take at 26? Are we going to make a trade? What's going to happen? We can't use all these picks. And then it was Peyton Pritchard. And it's like, hmm, okay. We took Peyton Pritchard. I kind of, you know, the name rang a bell. I saw him in some of the mock drafts. I'm like, all right. Immediately, you know, I see some of the reaction from some of the ESPN guys. I think we were doing sportscast, actually. We were, yep. And then I start watching a few highlights. And I'm like, oh. Okay, Peyton Pritch is kind of nice. And then I watched more highlights of him over the over the summer playing pickup ball with some other pros, um, just really digging into his tape. And I'm like, Peyton Pritch is pretty nice, actually. Like, I, I like this kid. He just has swag. He has confidence. Like you said, he looked comfortable out there. Um, I wouldn't compare this to Carson Edwards at all. I think no, and, Edwards- and I'm not. I'm just using that as like, yeah, you will be a, for the rest of my time as a Celtics fan. That precautionary tale of hey, he li- he had a great preseason game. Hold on, well, let's make sure that he. I remember, I remember like dirt that when when Carson Edwards went off, I think in the group chat it was like, yeah, Carson Edwards just hit like eight straight threes, and I'm like, for the game or something. I was like, no, in the quarter. I'm, I'm not saying that's how it went, but it was something. <laughs> yeah, it was Carson Edwards. Um, but but right away when 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 Pritchard came into the game. You know, he just, you could just tell that he, he was comfortable out there. He wasn't afraid of the moment at all. He was out there to ball, but he was out there to impose his ball on the game. I think he made like, he just made like a nice, I think it might've been even a hockey assist, like his first, his first possession in the game. And, you know, lots of people on Twitter, even, you know, some NBA players have been clamoring for IT to potentially reunite in Boston and Danny Ainge was asked about this. And on the record, he said, I think we're loaded at that position. And that's because they have Kemba, they have Pritchard and they have, and they have Jeff Teague. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I, I really thought that a, a backup veteran point guard, more so of a floor general, but a backup veteran point guard was one of our main needs going into this season. Like we can sit here and try to have like, you know, revisionist history about Brad Wanamaker, but Brad Wanamaker was was a pain in the ass for the majority of the season. Um, you know, if on a fast break, you almost knew he was going to turn it over, but he did have his moments, especially in the bubble. But I'm so much more confident with Jeff Teague out there than I was with Brad Wanamaker. I think Brad Wanamaker may give you a little bit more on the d- defensive end, maybe. he Brad Wanamaker played hard. You know, he's a lunch pail type of guy. But, but Jeff Teague um, comes with a little bit more of a pedigree. And I really think he's going to bolster that bench. Um, but Pritchard is the guy that that we got to watch out for because I thought coming into this this season that Tremont Waters was really going to have a chance to make an impact in the rotation, and Peyton Pritchard kind of just took took that role. Um, Daniel Tice may get moved to the bench, um, which which gives us a boost there. I think that I think he's better suited in that role than than starting. I think I think um, Tristan Thompson ultimately is going to be the starter there. Um, so when you have Tice, when you have Pritchard, when you have Neesmith, when you have Jeff Teague, um, hopefully improvements from the Williams brothers, even though maybe one of them might start on occasion. Uh, there's no Gordon Hayward, obviously, but the the increased point guard play hopefully offsets some of the playmaking that you're losing with Gordon Hayward. And 
Marcus Smart, we don't know if he's going to be coming off of the bench or if he's going to be starting, but I think we're in a better place with the bench. It's just that we just... Romeo in there when healthy as well. I'm, you, I, you know me. I'm not... I, I'm I'm not real. I haven't seen it with Romeo yet, and and that's that's just that's just me. Even though it seems like the the Celtics legends um, on Celtics Twitter seem to have high hopes for Romeo, and Scal's a big Romeo guy too. I I personally haven't just seen it yet, but this team they they just they need to find their rhythm. You know they can't they can't be Kim Kardashian on Dancing with the Stars. Like they need they need their rhythm. They need some time to gel. They need to get their chemistry together. And with the short offseason, this goes back to Brad. Like, he's going to have to play, guys. Right. And you touched on it a little bit. Uh, you know, with this bench, and let's say that, all right, Neesmith and Pritchard pan out. They become solid contributors. Uh, you got Teague. You got Thompson or Tice, whichever one's coming off the bench. You got the Williamses. Uh, they're hopefully a lot deeper than they were last year. Uh you mentioned offsetting the, the loss of Hayward. Do you think that that's enough to offset the Hayward loss? Because I'm on the record of saying this on our last pod. I don't think it is. I think they are deeper, but I don't think this team is as good as it was last year. Um, I don't think it's enough to offset the Gordon Hayward loss, but, but if, if, if you go back to when, you know, we had Kyrie, we had Gordon, we had all those guys. You know, we lost all of those guys the season before. Al, Mook, T. Rowe, all those guys. You know, opportunity does present itself for other players. It, you you may not you may not offset the loss, but you may, you know, you may find another strength of your team that maybe you didn't have. You know, it's, it's you know Gordon Hayward was was a great player. Um, he he was really you know if he embraced his role a little bit more and you know everyone has an ego, but I think his ego is what drove him to to Charlotte. You know, he felt like he could still be a productive star in this league. He felt like he's in his prime and he wants to still show it. And he got paid 120 million. Great. So I'm I not think that was that. a bigger factor. Yeah, yeah, of course that was a factor because, you know, he he chose Charlotte over Indiana in all in all intents and purposes. Um so so no, I don't think that it directly offsets, but but I think Gordon's best attribute for this team was the make the right play sort of be that de facto playmaker that didn't need to put up a ton of shots and hopefully Jeff Teague and just just better point guard play hopefully can 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 replicate some of that but no I don't think it's gonna offset it it can take the take the sting off a little bit I hope hey well Well, what do you think we have a lot of depth at the point guard and big position uh So I like how we're going to be able to differ from last year with the point guard rotation. Um, Just being able to have Kemba, two of Kemba, Teague, and Pritchard on the floor or Marcus Smart uh, on the floor at all times, I think is going to be important. Um, And then to be able to have Tristan Thompson, um, in addition to Daniel Tice, because people forget Daniel Tice was playing with Al Horford the year before. And so he, he had that guy to compliment him and things looked fine. So you minus Al, Al Horford and Daniel Tice is left to play the center position by himself. And you've got, you know, Robert Williams, Grant, a rookie Grant Williams. 
it's not going to look as good. You bring in Tristan right. Thompson, it looks much better. Um, right. And then obviously getting rid of Gordon allows for the Jays to just flourish. Um, so I think we're just going to watch them flourish this year. And then I guess Danny will decide if he wants to add another wing, if that's worth it. Got to see, you know, what we can get from Aaron Neesmith. Right. Right. And uh, with Neesmith, I mean, we talked a little bit about him earlier, not uh, getting the minutes that we uh, were hoping he would get early on. Uh, but he did come in uh, later in the game. He played a lot of, uh, a lot of the second half. Um, he might have played the entire fourth quarter or, or damn close to it. Um, so there was uh, there was some good, there was some bad with Neesmith. Uh, he missed a couple of shots, but um, you know he did hit a three. Um, and uh, a couple of plays that really stuck out for me were uh, when he was he was scratching the boards. He was aggressive on the glass, and uh, just went in, grabbed a couple of rebounds, and uh, and got uh, a few quick buckets that uh, we weren't really expecting to get from him. We were expecting him to be more kind of that sharpshooter role. So. Uh, what do you guys think, uh, just real quickly, on on what you did see of Neesmith once he got into the game? Uh, gee, we'll start with you. I mean, his within within thirty seconds of playing time, he drained a three. Right. Um, and that that was a good sign. I just think that you know, like I said, he just he just needs to find his rhythm out there. Um, just just find his place. You know, it's a, it's a, I'm sure this is the first time in his entire life that he didn't get in a game and a half. So, you know, the first time you get in the game, you know, it's the second half and you kind of want to, you, you know, if you've ever played basketball, organized basketball, if you only get to play in short, short spurts, like it's really hard to to show your worth and earn more minutes when you don't have enough, you know, a large enough sample size within one game to kind of just feel your way through the game. So it seemed like he was pressing a little bit, but he's much more uh, – he he has a much more ready NBA body than I than I was expecting. Yeah, dude, dude's ripped. Apparently, right. he's been he's been he must have been in the gym, um, this this off season. Uh, you know, Vanderbilt season ended a little bit early. He had a foot injury. As it often does. Yeah, he <laughs> he had a foot injury too. Um, but but he's ripped. He has like a you know a six eleven wingspan. Like, uh, I think I I didn't get to see enough to 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 formulate uh a confident opinion as sure. confident opinion of him as I am about Peyton Pritchard. So um, a lot of that I think is may, may come from the, from the beat guys who get to cover practice and, yeah. and see him in that setting. Um, but I'm very optimistic about, you know, he has the, he has the one skill in the NBA that will keep you in the league and that's being able to shoot. Right. Yeah. And uh, you touched on, you know, the way the dude looks his his body is wingspan. Uh, I mentioned on our last pod, of the uh, the season two debut, uh, this guy walking through the door looks like an NBA star. Now, doesn't mean that he looks like that on the court, or doesn't mean that he looks like that yet. But the framework is there, uh, and he just he's got that body where, you know, if he's held back, it's going to be something else. It's not going to be, you know, he's limited in any physical capacity. Uh, Trey, is uh, real quick. What do you think of what you saw with Neesmith? Like G said. Shortly after him entering the lineup, he hit a three. Uh, love to see that. That's what I'm expecting from him uh, is to bring just to space the floor, bring that three-point shot. Um, one thing that people try to knock him for uh, throughout his process was that 
they said that he couldn't play good defense. Um, and I don't know that to be true. Uh, he might not look as sharp as other guys, uh, but I think that he's going to be a respectable defender going forward. He just has to get down the rotations. Um, and once he does, there's no reason why he can't be in the starting lineup. Right. Because he and- works well off of Jason Tatum. If Jason Tatum's going to draw a double team and you've got the best shooter on your team open, or arguably the best shooter on your team open, uh, then you got to get him the ball too. Right. And uh, then teams will start to cover him once he starts knocking those down and it creates more lanes for everyone else. So, um, yeah, if he can really come into his own, he's the type of player who can really help that team. Uh, and uh, I think we saw a little bit of, uh, of both on the defense uh, with him today. Uh, there was a play, and I can't remember who it was, but uh, he got beat uh, on the play um, and then uh, used his athleticism to catch up and uh, just had – a crazy highlight reel block like right off the backboard yeah. so um you know he he got beat he didn't have like the the defensive positioning or the or you know the fundamentals or sometimes it's the nba you just get beat because the other guys get paid too um, but he used the physical traits that we just talked about uh, to go make up for that make the play and uh you know get the celtics another shot on on, on defense to make a stop um, and so from the positives to one person that I, I did want to kind of talk about a little bit and not really all that negative, but uh, it's taco fall. He was one of the first guys in the game and hey, we don't want to lose any, we don't want to lose any listeners. Hey, I'm pro taco, but I'm also realistic. Well, it is Tuesday. It is Tuesday. And it's taco uh, Tuesday. Your, your note G said taco time. Didn't even register. No. Uh, taco came into the game. There was no Let's crowd noise. There was, right, there was no crowd noise for obvious reasons because there was no crowd there. But uh, Twitter didn't go crazy with you know taco memes oh. and taco cartoons and taco gifts. Um, it's just another just another guy coming in. I think I think that's a great I think that's a great sign for him. I think it is. He's being taken seriously as a player. Uh, he's not seen as a sideshow, which at the start last year at least it was kind of a sideshow. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, when he was in there against the starters, he in my opinion, did not look good. A lot of just kind of standing around. He looked out of place. Um, And someone at that size is going to put up some numbers on the stat sheet. He got a rebound, threw it right down for a quick dunk. Uh, So, you know, board and a bucket, uh, had a steal, but then immediately turned it over. Uh, I don't know. I guess when I saw Taco tonight, I was like, Yes, I'm seeing some improvement from his days in college, but at the same time, I'm not sure how much you're going to get out of him really ever in this league because he he doesn't fit today's game and he just he just doesn't look he didn't look sharp. Uh, let's just say that um, until later in the game when he came in against uh, against the taxi squad and and looked a little better, looked a little more in place. So um, I don't know. Am I? off base here with taco or am I being a little too harsh on him? I mean, I think you got to grade him on a curve um, for, for, for a while because he, he's a project. He's the definition Absolutely. of a project. Um, um, you know, there's maybe two ways to look at it. I, I think taco was undrafted, right? He was, he was yep. free agent. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, in comparison, you could have maybe gotten bowl bowl um, in the second round who, 
looks much who who looks much more like a basketball player when he's on the court. He's much as more skilled, as opposed to just a really really tall guy that even if he can't do anything, he can get a rebound and, and get a putback. And then you got a guy like Boban, um, Marjanovic. Is that Boban's last yep. name mm-hmm. in Dallas? Who was never really a sideshow, but was never really I don't think like a serious a serious threat. You know when he stepped on the court, but then last year he was able to do some things in the absence of Porzingis and some other guys in the bubble. So, um, you know, you got Taco on on whatever his contract is. Um, you know, he, he's a project and, and whatever, anything that you get from him is a, is a bonus, literally anything. So I'm, I'm not, uh, one thing I did want to say really quickly is going back to Aaron Neesmith. Um, I could be wrong because, I have a one-year-old who likes to turn off the TV during the games, but <laughs> I didn't see him used like he was in Vandy, Vandy like coming off the screens for the catch and shoot. Like I, I didn't really see any of that while he was in the game, and that's what Stevens needs to have him doing. He needs a couple of – my guy, Duncan Robinson, he needs a couple of set plays. He's just running off the screens, catch and shoot. Like if he, he, That's one thing that he can do. And I, know Brad, I know Brad can do it because he did it with Avery Bradley. So, yeah, I mean – an even better shooter who can do it better from the three-point range and Aaron Neesmith, he should get that opportunity. I think Brad will unleash that. Yeah, and Brad's going to have to coach the hell out of this team because you got a ton of guys who who just are going to need to gel. Um, you know, we're not going to get too much into the Jays, I don't think, today because I think I think their performance was, was so, sort of irrelevant. Um, right. m- maybe there's some aerodynamic issues with Jason Tatum's hair where – when he has that hair, like he just can't hit free throws and three pointers at the clip that he's used to. But, but aside from the Jays and Marcus and Kemba, and you know, we're really gonna need these these younger, more more recent draft picks to step up, and that's gonna be about coaching and development. Like this team's gonna go as far as the internal development allows them to, um, and that's the not a not it's not a positive or negative. It's just a takeaway that. You know, internal development is what is what's going to carry this team. Yep. And Brad needs to get on it. Yeah, it's not a negative, not a positive. It's just it just is. It is what it um, is. And uh, another piece of it that really is what it is that I think could potentially hurt the Celtics in uh, in that regard uh, is a point that you made in our pre-show. Uh, the year-to-year jump might not be as apparent. Mm. The season feels like it just ended probably because it did just end. Yeah. And they were playing a lot of games the last couple of months uh, of the last season. So you imagine that there was probably some, some downtime there just to let your bodies recover. Mm-hmm. So no summer league, no training camp. We already talked about that. No off season training, no individual workouts really or not as much of that. These guys are coming back and we're not as likely to see that year one to year two jump that we see out of a lot of guys this year. Mm-hmm. Um, does that have uh, you guys concerned? It has me concerned because again, I believe that's, what's going to uh, sort of dictate how successful this team can be this season. And I think it's particularly impacts the Williams brothers, Robert time, Lord Williams and Grant Williams. You know, we're going to need those guys to produce this year. And they don't have the luxury of that 
you know, here's your exit interview. Here's what you need to work on this off season. Go away, get your mind right, go on vacation, come back, get ready to go. I know Grant Williams was working out this off season. I remember he was, I saw him uh, working out with Miles Turner and a couple other guys in, in, in some footage that I saw, but they just don't, they just didn't have enough time to like really work on one or two weaknesses and, and get into better shape and get into better conditioning. Um, and I think that could put us at a disadvantage, which is going to make it even more important. Again, everything's going to come back to Brad Stevens kind of taking the leash off and, and, and letting these guys play because we need to see what they have. Right. Yeah, uh, Trey, any concerns about the short layoff uh, for the offseason? Uh, I mean – Obviously, things aren't going to be as crisp. I mean, the team is adding new players, hasn't been together as long. So you're going to need time to make things look like they're supposed to look. Um, so I get that. And a lot of teams are going through that as well. Um, it's usually not contending teams like we aspire to be. Uh, but we need to get these guys into the rotation and we got to get them going. Uh, just wanted to quickly touch on Time Lord. Last year, I said he was the X factor. Um, I think that was definitely due to um, the lack of depth that we had at the big position. Um, he still has that potential where he can really help out. But this, right about now, I would say I would go with Grant Williams as kind of the X factor outside of Neesmith. Because if, if me Smith pans out the way we think he, he should, he should be the X factor. But I'd go with Grant Williams right about now just because you have Tristan Thompson when healthy. You have Daniel Tice. Uh, so matchup base, you don't need Robert Williams as much. He's not going to shoot the three. Um, so you really need for Grant Williams to step up um, to be able to guard threes out, you know, threes, fours, and fives. You know, what if we're playing Washington and it's Denny Abdia and Rui Hachimara? Uh, those two guys, the three and the four, he can guard either of those guys. We're good to go. Uh, so I think Grant is going to be possibly an X factor, you know, X factor going forward. And we got to watch for him. Yeah. And I think Grant is one who maybe could be affected less by the shorter layoff because Grant is uh, physical, tough. He plays kind of that hard-nosed kind of game. Um, with Grant, a lot of it was getting adjusted to NBA life not and NBA speed and NBA strength and not as much honing some skills uh, outside of you like to see him hit the three a little bit better. So um, I still think that there's going to be a little bit of a, of a bump in the road because of the shorter off season, but Grant, I think might be a guy who would be more equipped to um, show that natural level of improvement uh, than maybe some of the other guys who would be relying on a lot more uh, team and basketball related activities um, throughout the pro a prolonged off season. Mark, I know, I know you wanted to bring it a little bit closer to home. Um, I did. As we, as we wrapped up the pod. Uh, yeah, and uh, this will uh, hit home a little bit for Adam as well uh, because Adam knew this person. But uh, we got word today that uh, Bruce Seals passed away. 
And uh, a lot of people around Boston, a lot of people who are listening to this who are local are going to know that name. Um, But for those of you who didn't know Bruce, uh, Bruce played in the NBA in the 70s. Uh, He played for the Supersonics. He played in the finals um, when they lost to Washington. Um, So he, uh, he was in the NBA for a couple of years. He was in the ABA. He played in Europe. When his basketball career was over, he came to Boston and uh, or eventually found his way to Boston. And for the past 30 years, he has been working at the Boys and Girls Club of Dorchester, the Colonel Daniel Marr Club, where Adam and I grew up. And uh, Bruce was the athletic director for many of his years there. And you won't find a kid who has gone through that club in the last 30 years who hasn't been positively impacted by Bruce. Um, He taught people how to play the game. Uh, he taught people how to play it the right way. And he was just, he was very, he was very tough, but it came from a place of love. Uh, Bruce wanted to prepare everyone for life as they went through the, uh, through the club and uh, in basketball or elsewhere. Uh, and uh, Bruce was, uh, was a guy who was, he was always a coach, a mentor, and a friend to all of those kids uh, in that club. And years and years later, I mean, I'm 37 and uh, I haven't set foot in that place since I was, you know, 18 or 20 years old or however long ago it was. Um, and uh, I still remember Bruce and uh, I bumped into him in my adult life and, and Bruce still remembered me. He remembers all of the kids that go through that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not just faces or statistics to him. He, he knows you. Um, so it's, uh, it's a huge loss for the city. And if you played basketball in any boys and girls club league, whether it was at that club or if it was on a travel team, if it was on a travel team, you played against Bruce. You saw him when you came in, you knew who he was because he was, I believe, six foot eight. So imagine being 10 years old, going into, you know, a random boys and girls club and seeing someone six foot eight. You've never seen that before. He was a giant of a man uh, with, you know, with a giant heart and he will be missed in the city. And, uh, you know, our, our condolences are with his family and with the folks who knew him a lot better than I did in the adult in you know, our adult life. Um, you know, he, uh, he will be missed. Yeah, I can't, I, I, not much more I can add to that. I saw a lot of the reaction pouring in on Twitter. Um, I, you know, Dorchester isn't that big, but I grew up on the other side of Dorchester, right. closer to Ashmont. So I'm also played at the Y than, than played at the club, right. even though I did get to, you know, to get some run up there on the weekends or sure. I think Chad, Chad used to have the gym or whatever. Yep. But, um, um, yeah, you know, just just seeing the outpouring of of reactions from him, from just neighborhood kids, from elected officials, you know, young kids, kids at heart who are now in their thirties like us, um, you know, and kids older than us. There were yeah, kids, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly, like like Carmelo Travieso, who played for UMass, who we yep. remember from the nineties. Um, he grew up at that club, and. I didn't know him. I don't know if he crossed paths with Bruce because it might've been right when Bruce got there, but like, um, you know, there are generations before us and his yeah. generation, I believe Carmelo will be about 45 right now. Like mm-hmm. I said, I, I don't know him aside from someone I used to watch on TV who was from my neighborhood, but um, you know, it's multiple generations uh, who, who this man impacted. And uh, you know, it was, uh, it came as a shock to, to all of us. And you can see just like the city reacting like Marty Walsh, um, uh, tweeted something about it you see uh, an article yeah. in the boston globe like um you know it was uh, it was a big hit for for everybody today all right and um that'll do it for this episode um you know it's uh it, it's always tough to, to end on those notes but it 
feels you know deserved for for someone who made such an impact in in a city and we are a local show or a Celtics show so mm-hmm. um you know it, it hits home but uh we'll be uh, back later in the week to uh, talk some uh, some more uh, exciting more uh more happy uh yeah. topics uh we'll we'll dive into the rest of the league uh really excited to get into our uh our picks our predictions our wild out of control hot takes um we're gonna have one we missed on all of them last year but what the hell i'm gonna double down on mine if you remember what mine was mm-hmm. uh not the celtics one the hawks one mm-hmm. i'm doubling down on that um gotta there's tune in next chance, week there's still a chance that katie and Kyrie never play a game yes i am hoping that the harden trade happens i'm really hoping that the harden trade happens up, i you know if and, that happens and, and, i am cutting that from that episode i'm looping it for 40 minutes and i'm releasing it as a podcast it all blew like, up <laughs> I am I am rooting for you so hard for that one. Um, but uh, yeah, spoiler alert, I'm going to double down on my non-Celtics one. Uh, and uh, we'll uh, have some, 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 most of it will be well-researched, well-thought-out, and a couple of things are going to be stupid just because it's fun. Uh, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll get into that next time. And, uh, and until then, uh, you know, enjoy the preseason, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Come on, Brad. Get it done. <laughs> yeah, we want Naismith. Lee Smith. Lee Smith. We want Lee Smith and the Lee Smith. Yeah, we'll take it. <laughs>